0: Hey guys, and welcome. David Reed here, CX specialist from Be All Ears, bringing you the Be What You Should Be customer-centric podcast. With a focus on Central Eastern Europe, we discuss local and global trends in customer and employee experience. Real tips with real experiences from real professionals, helping you to be what you should be. Be sure to follow us at BeWhatYouShouldBe.com for our podcast and event updates. You may also like to take a look at BeAllEars.net for other customer experience services show, we're speaking to Thomas Podmichel, Head of Customer Advisory for the Global Customer Experience Center of Excellence, based in Prague, near Czech Republic. Today, Thomas takes us through his CX journey with KPMG and provides us with some locally focused updates and trends linked to the internal KPMG Top CX Companies Report, which evaluates and recognizes top great performing companies of customer experience utilizing the six pillars of excellence. Thomas also provides us with his taken advice on what to look for or do when you wish to improve the overall Customer experience. So, Thomas, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for you know inviting me, Thomas. Maybe you can give us an introduction to KPMG and customer experience, and, and where did it all begin?
1: Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a bit uh, long story. You know, about nine years ago, we started to flirt with. Uh, The customer experience because we thought this would be a really big thing uh, you know coming up with uh, the new mobile technology the power of the customer being able to give immediate feedback and we thought this would be a really big thing that will hit the eastern and central europe we developed a methodology around uh, customer experience design back then we realized that it failed completely but because back then you know it was around 2009 and so on uh, it was all about cost. The companies, they, they were focusing on cost-cutting and they didn't think that they could do cost-cutting with the customer in the center of it. That they could actually do some cost-cutting while not pissing off the customer. So back then, we thought, okay, we failed with this. And we thought, okay, we're going to focus on the more traditional stuff around you know management consulting, etc. But uh, it was picked up in the UK. And they told us, wait, guys, wait, wait, wait. You're ahead of your time. Uh, this already here is a topic that's quite hot and your method is actually something that we are looking for and uh, they invited us over to the big guys you know to Baltimore uh, where we met the US uh, uh, UK uh, Australia Germans were not present but financing it and, and we thought okay you know what are we doing uh, from Czech Republic from Prague uh, together with these giants let us write the global methodology and this was the start of center of excellence that, that is now based in Prague And since then, uh, we were able to train our own people within the network and infect them with customer uh, way of thinking, you know, to think outside in rather than inside out. And how great potential does this have for being able to offer their clients uh, transformation from the customer point of view? You know how this could really lead to something much more tangible than they already had. Uh, maybe they intuitively thought that they know the customer, but what, what actually they were doing was something completely different. So this was how it started, and everything the rest is. Uh, History, you know. Now, basically, that we are doing fifty percent of our business in locally in Czech Republic, but we were able to get some great, fantastic uh, experiences from all around the world, you know, uh, from places that you wouldn't ever thought of, uh, that that you would be able to serve from Prague.
0: Okay, thank you very much. So, could you tell me a little bit more around the six pillars? Sure. Well, the the, the premise
1: of the methodology is, you know, to to understand. That companies in general, the bigger they are, are thinking much more interestingly. They think uh, inside out. You know, they're organized in silos, departments, and maybe those, those departments, they're doing great jobs and things like that. But the customer, although you would think, you know, that customers should be always in the center of it all, because that's what brings the company the money most, most of the time, right? It's not, it's usually the last part or maybe one department takes care of it and nobody else understands how it, this is connected, right? And this view produces a lack of customer centricity. Uh, and especially the bigger the, uh, the company is, the worse it is. And it creates uh, something we uh, call the disconnected enterprise. You know, all of these departments are very much siloed. While the customer doesn't care about any of that, they don't care how the companies is uh, organized inside. They don't care about, you know, uh, that, that this department is doing a really great job in certain things. What they care about is the experience that they're getting. Why would I go to you, you know? Uh, why would I buy your product? Why would I get serviced by you, you know? Why would I tell anybody else that, 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 that you're great? If uh, this is done through interactions, the company needs to think about how to organize themselves so they can properly design the interaction, understand themselves what is their DNA, what do they want to be famous for, all the way to train their people on the front line to deliver the designed experience. So, the methodology, to, to put it very simple, is trying to put the central customer focus on the disconnected enterprise. And make it a connected enterprise, and connect all of these departments in very particular way. So the customer is in the center of it all. Okay, right? from the top, from the strategy, through the design, all the way to the interaction—the three layers, I would
0: say. So. And how do the six pillars fit within okay. what you just About said? Six pillars,
1: right. We just published uh, a second year of study of top 100 brands in Czech Republic. And we were able to brought, bring it from UK, where this was running already for seven years, by a company called Nonwood. Uh, we bought the company three or four years ago, I would say. And I was there during the, uh, one of the projects in the UK. So I was able to, to speak directly to the company. So I thought, this is fantastic. We need to do something like that also in continental Europe. And I brought it to, to Prague. I managed to persuade uh, partnerships to publish this study also for the Czech Republic. And I managed to infect a couple of countries around Czech Republic. So we started with Poland, uh, Slovakia. Hungary was skeptical first year, so, so not, not Hungary at first year. We were able to persuade also Italians to join in. And I were passionate about it, <laughs> so to say. And uh, this was the first year of top 100 brands. Well, since then, the second year, uh, we're pretty much all around Europe, except Germany. Austria joined in this year. Uh, we, have, uh, we have Hungary as well. Next year, we'll have also Romania, I hope. And uh, from, from the other countries, the Nordics joined in. Russia actually also joined. So, so we're spreading around uh, the word that customer should be in the heart of it all. And the methodology or the way how, how this uh, top 100 uh, brands is, is done is uh, through a method that was introduced by Nunwood. And what it is, uh, let's put it very simple. Uh, Nunwood back, you know, seven or eight years ago was not satisfied with the traditional NPS, right? NPS, how many fans you have, how many people don't care about you, how many people hate you, right? That, that's great as an initial metric, but it doesn't tell you why. Why do they hate you? Why 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 do they love you? Yeah. And they started with a very simple question, you know, what makes the particular interaction or experience great and what makes it horrible? And I were asking people. And they found out that these answers were clustering around these six areas that later on they started called six pillars. And these uh, six areas bottom up basically we're explaining about 70%, 60 to 70% of the experiences, which is pretty powerful, you know, when you think about it, from all different countries. So they had initially, only from U.S. and U.K. Where, and, and Australia, I think, where they started, they had over, you know, five millions of responses for that. Wow. So it was a pretty, pretty powerful stuff. And then they decided to publish what good looks like you know what are the top 100 brands across the industries obviously there are big cultural differences differences uh, in and in, in, in within the industries uh, and what are the great experience what are the stories and share that and what connects them what what good looks like in terms of these uh, six pillars uh the six pillars are uh on the bottom i would say hygienic is integrity integrity is all about whether you uh, will get the service that you pay for it's about transparency and value this is bottom line on integrity then it's about problem solving it's about resolution basically the uh, resolution is all about uh, the fact that if the problem comes is the company ready to resolve the issue right away uh, are you ready to do that you know because problem will always come but are you ready to resolve it and then it's uh, another pillar is called expectation you might think that they are trying to psychologically profile everybody you know what is their expectation no expectation is mostly about managing expectation. How is the company managing your expectation? You know, how how do they do it so you can have a peace of mind? Because if you don't manage expectation, you will, you know, put your own and then you cannot manage it at all, right? Expectation is also something like when you, you know, you see your package with the FedEx coming through, you see uh, that uh, it's in this center, then it's moving here, then it's moving there. There you have your tracking number. This is managing expectation. Can you do something about that package? No, but you can have life around it. So that's that's expectation. And it's time and effort. Time and effort is another pillar. Uh, this, this pillar is um, it's not about being fast. A lot of companies are trying to be real-time fast. But this is about valuing and showing the customer that you value their time and their effort. So you're trying to... Show them that, that you are doing all the necessary steps to, to cut their time. So, so that, that goes, you know, get me the information on two clicks on, on digital. Or, or, you know, uh, don't fill the information in some form twice or three times when you already have it. This is showing the customer that you actually value their time. It's not about the speed. It's about the value of the time and then the effort. Uh, then it's about personalization and empathy. Personalization is all about, uh, you know, knowing the customer as much as possible, knowing and not selling them because they are part of some segment, but really know who they are, why they are there and and sell them relevant stuff. It doesn't have to be huge data analytics like Amazon does that, that tries to find a twin of yours somewhere in the world. And then at the end of the day, they know more about you than than you know about yourself. So they they are able to customize the product for you. And together with one-click shopping, time and effort, you buy much more. But it's also about just a simple thank you note, for example, when you go to some drugstore and the lady will tell you that you bought this uh, and it personalizes, you You know, thank you for coming here. These are the free samples. Uh, My name is this and this. This simple stuff would be also part of personalization. And then it's empathy, the most difficult one and by a lot of companies perceived as the most esoteric. The biggest uh, differentiator in UK, but not the biggest one in, in, in Czech Republic uh, or sure. in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> empathy is about the ability of your frontline to put themselves in the shoes of the customer. Also, it's all, all about hiring the right people on the frontline. If you hire somebody who is a great expert, has a great CV but the person hates people, they will destroy you right there. And they could be great experts, you know, but you don't, you should not put them in front of customers. No matter how much you invest in their training, it will not fly. It will not stick. You need to be careful about it. So it's also about hiring procedures, training, et cetera. That's, that's the empathy right there.
0: It's about being what you should be, right? Being what you should be, right? there. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, there's a lot of information there to take in for some of the uh, listeners, yeah. <laughs> um, but the general overview is, I mean, what you, you're doing with uh, KPMG is just fantastic. It's really starting to drive that customer centricity across Central Eastern Europe, especially within the Czech Republic. It's a slow moving ball and it's obviously a lot of room um, to continue that growth. Where would you see that maybe some of the challenges that you've had retrospectively to, let's say, the Czech Republic versus the UK or some of All your right. clients within there?
1: Let's, 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 well... Let's ask, you know, from Simple, from the six pillar point of view, right? Dave, what do you think is the biggest differentiator in terms of the six pillars for companies uh, in the UK? I said that, right? It's personalization, empathy. What is it in in Czech Republic? I would say it's definitely not that. Maybe time and effort? Nope. It's worse. Worse. It's it's integrity. Integrity. It's It's the bottom one. Czechs are so excited if they get what they paid for that they consider it a great experience. You know, integrity is making great experience for the Czech people. You know, some of the brands based uh, their, uh, their brand promise on, on just uh, focusing that they are different, that they are more transparent than the others, that they are, they are actually different in all sense of that, that, that customer with them will not fail if they go with them, that they will not uh, charge any hidden fees and things like that. That simple stuff is the biggest differentiator in Czech. And it's also creating the issue when, you, when you're thinking that Czechs are very price sensitive. Well, why wouldn't they be? Yeah. If they think that they are not going to get their money worth. So, you know, why do you
0: think that? Why is it like that?
1: I, I think it's historically, you know, uh, it, it has to do a little bit of our, with our past. By the way, Poland, the same thing. Same. Yeah. Also this kind of frustration, you know, the surprise that you're not going to get cheated or if you're returning the goods, that that you're not going to wait 30 days for returning, you know. All Czechs are prepared with a story, you know, so so they get the the, the goods exchanged and stuff. And the same thing is happening in Poland. Not happening in Slovakia, by the way. And why do you think that is? What is... Uh, what, it's, it, it's a different nation in that sense. So, uh, much more... Focused on emotions uh, in Slovakia, it's it's personalization. In Slovakia, Slovaks are much more uh, passionate, more emotional, a little bit close to the Italian results mm-hmm. uh, actually, and uh, they want to uh, they want from the companies to show them that they know them, that they are special, they are somebody, that they get something extra, personalized. Uh, so in Slovakia, it shows second year, and personalization is the biggest driver. Well right after that is integrity which makes them you know coming back to central <laughs> europe and and the history. I think it's it's also uh, about the fact that the topic itself although that's been talked about a lot it's really picking up only in the past few years. I was saying 9 years ago it was non-topical so yeah. most of my business was abroad and then I decided it's time to bring it to to proc and to work with the local market as well and and that's what's happening you know slowly the attention to the customer and the fact that this can actually make money because otherwise sorry to tell you uh and and all the listeners it is way too esoteric for the board members to yeah. to, to understand that yeah uh, you know having great experience is actually bringing a lot of money and saving a lot of money for the company
0: so that's a good point that maybe we can take from there. So in terms of customer experience itself, one of the difficult areas that I find personally is trying to explain what customer experience is to board members, as an example. So what's your type of approach there? And maybe for the listeners, how would you describe customer experience if you could sum that up in one sentence that would allow you to enter conversations with some of the board members? Yeah, I, I have a
1: formula for that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, 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 The the formula is CI plus CX leads to CE. (laughs) What is that? Customer uh, CI, customer insight. Customer insight uh, helps to uh, make the board members understand the outside in perspective. The fact that the word from the eyes of the customer is completely different, and it also helps them to connect it. To the financial results and i showed them well, being from kpmg i have the financial yeah. statistics right so so i can show them on actual numbers that for example in financial sector in uk when you look at uh ft uh ftsc uh 500 uh I'm butchering the footsie footsie <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> uh and you look at the banks and you look at the, who is in the FTSE and you look at the banks that are really focusing on, on customer experience. A lot of them are much smaller, not the biggest, biggest brands. A lot of them are. You see that they're growing 2.4 times faster in, in terms of new sales. Right? And you see that, that pattern over years, over years. So they are taking much bigger chunks from the big guys. And this starts to be irrelevant in terms of financial numbers. And I can, I can show them other statistics that shows them how much churn you can gain. It's different from, from industry to, to industry. Uh, if uh, I'm talking to somebody who is from financial services, I try to explain them, sorry, guys, your stuff is a commodity. And if you are on commodity market, uh, you compete on price, right? But... There is so much that you can do to compete on price. You can cut the price, cut the price, cut the price and then you cannot. So what do you differentiate? It will not be the product, especially not when there is a heavy regulation on the financial services or utilities and things like that. It must be something else. And that something else is actually great experience. Only through great experience, you might be able to escape the price wars. Well, suddenly that's the point where the CFO starts to listen there. If if he wasn't listening in the beginning. And that's the CI. That's the customer insight. Once I get them, either through the statistics, either through the study uh, that we publish or through uh, board level training that also happens, then I have the part of, okay, so I know where I am. I know that I need to uh, start to do something about this and that has actual financial results for me. So what do I do with that? And this is where I'm moving to customer experience. Actually, this is the method how to do it, how to connect the dots of your disconnected enterprise into connected enterprise. As the CX part, this is where I help them to design, to... Make them understand where in terms of six pillars are there, what is their DNA, help them build the capability, the design teams within the company. And then I had need to put it in a practice with their distribution network. So helping their frontline staff to actually sell it better and so on. And connecting these dots. Obviously, there are a bunch of other departments in the company, risk and yeah. etc. cetera and so on. And this is where the CE comes in. I put these two bricks in there CI the CX, and then I'm moving to the framework of changing completely their target operating model. That's the connected enterprise with the customer in the focus. That's what I do basically in KPMG. very good
0: way of uh, introducing CX, I've never heard it in that way, um, with yeah. such a formula. And just so the listeners know, Thomas is actually sitting, he's not writing on a, a whiteboard. It's, it might appear like that. <laughs> So in terms of maybe then, um, if we go back to customer experience in itself across Czech Republic, so obviously I've been in the Czech Republic for 11 years and I've seen how things have changed. One of the areas, and I suppose it's a a legality that's set, I'm not too sure where it's set, is this 30-day return rule, so around you buy something from a shop and they have up to 30 days to give you the money back or exchange, whatever it may be. Now, from a personal aspect, I hate that rule. Mm -hmm. um, And I would love to see it changed. And I've got a couple of examples. One, several years ago, I brought a pair of trainers. Trainers were broken. So within a week, I took them back and they decided they've got 30 days, they didn't give me a new pair, I actually took them away, super glued them and gave them back to me rather than just exchange for a brand new pair. Right. So that's one. Another example, I brought a projector screen um, and it took over 30 days for them to come back and say they can't do anything about it and then an extra 15 days to give me the money back. So I really hate that rule and if there's a way to overcome that, maybe it's something we can look at together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, is there any other rules or regulations um, within Czech Republic. The but
1: the, the, the problem is, is not the rule. Uh, the rule itself, it just gives you uh, a ba- legal baseline, how you need to yep. respond to it. And, and a lot of the companies are not going by that rule. Uh, and they realize that this rule is just a baseline, just kind of stupid. And the problem is not only the customers are mistrustful of the companies, as mm-hmm. I said, you know, am I getting my money worth? But it's the opposite way as well. It's the companies, well, it's the same people, right? We're yep. still in the same country. So. <laughs> <laughs> the same people that work for these companies are also customers, and vice versa, you know? Uh, they, they don't trust. The other side. So, so in that way, they think the customer is actually some someone who tries to cheat them. That they probably put those trainers in shredded machine or something, and and now they want their money back, and and they are losing business because of that or losing money on that, basically. So, so there's a huge mistrust on both sides. Once you have it, then you go by the rules of 30 days. But once you say, I actually trust you. And I understand there will be guys who will try to scam me. I will put that in the price. <laughs> I will account for that. Uh, it will be probably, and you will be surprised how, how little people actually do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then you break this and you say, well, actually I will exchange it right way. Also does that, right? Airbank, uh, uh, when they introduce the button, you know, if you don't like our fee, you know, this is the click here. Click here, we'll return it. You would be surprised how little of the people would use that button actually, just because they understand, okay, fine, I have to pay the fee. It's transparent, it's fine, it's not hidden. I don't feel like I'm getting a bad service. Then, then, it's, then it's cool. Uh, or, uh, you know, rohelik.cz. You know, when you get your shopping, something is missing. Uh, you call the customer service and they will either put, put, give you a credit right away. They don't ask or say anything or they will bring it with the, the next card or they will try to bring it to you right away. Do they do some 30 days of checking you out whether you're lying and you didn't eat that orange instead of telling them you didn't receive it? No, their business has to be based on trust. Otherwise, they can't do the business. Right, and And, and this could apply to... To any of the companies that are still bounding uh, on this by, real, that ba- Biden by this rule it's just a simple mistrust so it's a choice
0: it's a choice it's a choice it's
1: a choice it's, a, choice.
0: it's a design choice a design choice it's yes. a design choice right yeah. there <laughs> so in terms of uh, you mentioned a couple of companies there positive companies in terms of cx maybe you can talk around some of those that are leading the way in customer experience across the region uh,
1: well okay well uh, I would suggest that that those stories, uh, you know, they are in the study. So, so okay. uh, anybody can download the study at uh, Okay. to study that. Uh, it's the second year. And uh, I would say, interestingly, this year it's uh, the number one in Czech Republic is Manufaktura very traditional company in, in all senses coming uh, from very organic products etc and the experience that uh, that they provide is very much personalized and very much empathy they put a lot of effort into hiring the right stuff in their shops and also providing uh, you know provided with uh, with the brand promise of being very ethical and very local source herbs etc <laughs> to, to to make their cosmetics they are not as wild as Lush for example Lush is by the way leading the way in the UK, uk quite kinda, yeah. quite bad uh they are not trying to promote themselves as being vegan etc but but still much more traditional way they are doing the same same thing here and people listen to that and people like that so they they are number one here another interesting story is those three banks uh, that are uh there are in the top 10 i would never think that Financial institution would uh, get people excited. You know, I personally think no. you know it, it would be something like you know cinemas or restaurants or something like that. That that would be much more in the top hundred or the the, the high rankings. Uh, but they really stirred the market there, and they really uh, made the other guys to think about the customer experience. That that's that's what's great about it. You know, it's the Ecobank, uh, Airbank, and FIO Each one of them very different approach to customer experience but and their own formula but in essence what is common about them is they really know their customer and they really know how to communicate with them they have a huge fan base that's very active
0: and great use of technology as well a great
1: use of technology then they have and these fans are able to share these stories with the others and infect them you know they're not trying to be universal they're not big They're probably not going to compete on, 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 on the size of the portfolio with, uh, you know, Commercin- Commercin- or, or uh, Cesca Spocitola. Of course not. They are in different type of business in that sense. But they really know their customers and what their customers value and they are focusing on that. And that's the differentiator, really. He's and that's an the advantage. differentiator.
0: Very good example yeah. of why CX is so important and what value it can bring. Yeah, know cons- your customer. Know your no, customer. Know
1: your customer. Don't try to please everyone. You know that that's the bad, worst design choice.
0: Okay, so if I was to ask a question, if I was just starting out in customer experience, so for one of the listeners, let's say they're looking to learn something from yourself, what would be your top three tips to just starting off a customer experience in a company?
1: Ha. Huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I don't want to sound too academic or too grim, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there is an evolution, right? Uh, and don't, don't. First of all, don't get depressed if you don't get listened to in the first place. It's a long run sometimes, right? Try to, try to actually show the top guys uh, that this has a value. You know, a lot of the times, customer experience enthusiasts are uh, recruited from uh, from marketing or uh, from uh, customer-faced function like ombudsman or, or something like somebody who deals with complaints and so on and their their powers are very limited within the company at, in the beginning you know and they have to fight a guerrilla yeah. warfare <laughs> and all they can do is to change a very small portion of the customer interaction and so, on. So, so don't say, give up basically don't give up you know keep hacking away That's keep truth. hacking the way uh, remember the formula uh, CI, you know, plus CX, uh, can make big things like the Connect and Enterprise, all of it. So, so in the beginning, you are in the in the CI part. Try to show the outside-in perspective and connect it with numbers. Otherwise, you are you will be considered esoteric, right? Try to actually show uh, the hard data on it. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's that's that's. And that's always a hard that's part. The that's anybody. the hard part. Second part is the CX part. You need to start establishing uh, a function within the company that would be able to do great designs. So, so you know, a department or, or actually or more democratically spread it out, you know, if, if you're allowed to do that, right? And then uh, obviously, you know, it needs to be connected with, uh, with strategy. So, so it, it has to be connected to real stuff.
0: Uh, that's the third part. But that's difficult. And it takes years sometimes. So don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. <laughs> And in terms of design you mentioned something there so i've experienced this challenge myself but there are a lot of companies out there that are designing products not without necessarily taking into consideration the customer experience now there's some great mythologies out there design thinking um human-centered design being a couple of them are companies really starting to embrace that do you think in terms of really having that human-centered design approach like some of them
1: some of them do. A lot of the times, you know, the, the, the human-centered design or design thinking becomes a buzzword. It's yep. overused lately quite a bit. And, and not all of it is, is in proper use of these things. But in a sense, design thinking, uh, human-centered design is the essence of great customer experience. Yeah, customer experience is overarching these these things, you know. It's it's uh, but it's a way a tool how to get to the great solutions, to put the human in the middle. It's it's so simple. Don't do digitalization for the sake of digitalization. If you don't know your customers, if you don't know that you know part of your customer crew is somebody older that doesn't know how to use the technology and you need to enable them to use it or not. Even, you know, have a design choice not to use technology and do it old school and it might be the best thing you can do. If you start to think like that, this is how you get your design or your CX design teams to to fantastic solution. That's one thing, to have the human in the center. The second part is to know what your company stands for, to know the DNA. The solutions that are done for AirBank cannot be copied or they can, but it will not be uh, within your brand uh, promise or your brand values or anything like that. It, it's, it, it will not fit. It will confuse the customer. If you copy, you know, the same campaign that the airbank will be doing, uh, is doing to, I don't know, Ciskas Pocetelna, that's the worst thing you could do. You will utterly confuse. So know who you are, what you stand for and what you want customer to, to, to look, feel, etc.
0: So great response. And we're going to start wrapping things up. So some really useful information there for the listeners. And thank you very much for coming on to the show. And just to let everybody know that I will share the links uh, what Thomas mentioned within the the show notes. So everything will be found there. Um, And you'll be able to do a little bit of research around Thomas and obviously the great things that KPMG are doing across the region. Um, And that's it. Is there any last words you would like to say to the listeners? No I would say just don't
1: give up and then forget the formula, you know.
0: (laughs) Don't forget the formula. I will add the formula in the first outside. First
1: outside in thinking then you can get to great CX design and then you can connect the dots with the customer in the center. Because if you finish at just doing great designs that are not being implemented, even bigger frustration will come. And then the guys at the board will say, well, we are doing the journeys and the designs, et cetera. It's all rubbish because, because none of that will, is understood by our IT, et you know, And so, so this, this is just the second step to having the customer really in the center of it all.
0: Everybody plays a part, and I mentioned this before, on the first show, but this what I would call the CX chain. Um, it doesn't matter what position you hold within the company. Absolutely. And so I agree with you completely. Um, it, it is, it's a hard job to transform your business. you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. So thank you very much. Thank it's you. A pleasure having you on the show, and thank you for being what you should be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and, yeah, we'll wrap it. up. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, Nate. Take care.